you're listening to Reviewing History, your comedy history podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, joined here with... Anthony Galati. And... And as always, Steve Medagliaco. As always, I like that. Uh, yeah. He switched it up on us, because usually you do him first uh-huh. and then me second. Uh-huh. I, I know, because I re-listened to them, so I thought I'd throw you a little curveball. Yeah, keep I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't looking at you. I missed my cue. <laughs> Keeping us on our, our toes. <laughs> What's up, guys? Nothing. Uh, how's life? Life? Yeah. It's betrayed me once again. <laughs> how's liberty, Steve? <laughs> Sad. <laughs> the it's pursuit not, of happiness is that, uh, uh, <laughs> going pretty, pretty great time. for me. Yeah. Oh, great. I, I like how you, you're opening up with um, kind of a theme for the film we're watching today. Yes. We're well, about. we're doing a nice, lighthearted movie. I could not stop laughing the entire time. <laughs> it's a real riot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bury my heart at wounded knee. Yeah, it's about the death of a civilization. <laughs> <laughs> what a depressing fucking movie. You thought so, huh? Yeah, so what were your... Uh, have you seen this before? Uh, yeah, I picked this. I picked this one. I saw this when it came out way back in 2007. It was on HBO. It's a made-for-TV movie. And I was a teenager and bored to tears. I, I did not like this. But recently I saw a clip from the film on like Twitter, and I was like, I really enjoyed this clip. So I was like, let's make the guys watch this. And uh, I got a lot more out of it this time than I did the last time I saw it. Okay, that's good that you got something out of it. Were you familiar with this, Steve? I've never seen. I've never seen this movie. Have you heard um, of it? I never even heard of it, but I do have a different title for it. Oh, yeah. It's bury my heart in amazing transitions. <laughs> <laughs> there are some great transitions. Oh, some in of this. the best. Yes. So it's yeah. up. It's up to end with Battlefield Earth in yes, subtlety. Yes. I, I did want to bring this up. Did they just watch a bunch of Ken Burns documentaries and they were like, "We just need still photos and we just have to make it look like a documentary." You know what? This is HBO Films, and this is the height of their TV shit, right? This is like the the apex of HBO's powers. You know, Sopranos was like wrapping up. They had just had Rome. Deadwood was on. You know, they were powerful, powerful people. And I think they thought themselves loftier than they actually were, you know? So they were putting out this holier-than-thou movie, you know, with, with these documentarian styles to it. Yeah, that was like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why are you doing a fake Ken Burns thing? At and first, it, I didn't like it, and then I started to love it. Just so people know what we're talking about, it, throughout the movie, <laughs> they'll change scenes by just cutting to fake 1800s photographs of the, of the actors, yeah, the, the actors, actors yeah. in character. Yeah. It's supposed to look like it's from a history book, and right. it's just like Anna Paquin sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think I, of that? Did you like it? I think it's weird because you know it's not a documentary and you know it's the actors. I think they just didn't know what else to do. I mean, there's a million ways to transition a scene. They could have just showed a sunset every time and it would have been better. They might as well have just had someone come in and just go, meanwhile, not far away. I think I would have preferred that. I started to love it, though. I started like anticipating when it would come and when it didn't. I was like, yeah. Did you I'm like so in the credits... When they would put the fake photograph next to a real photograph yes. of the character. That yeah. was actually kind of fun. I gotta say, they did good casting. It, they, like, they, they all looked, looked good, like yeah. it. 
Yeah, which, uh, which was agreed. Yeah. Did you? Do you? Were you familiar with this at all, Brain? You had told me about it when you saw it, and I you did? said it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess it sucks. And then you wanted to rewatch it, and I was like, all right, I guess we'll watch a shitty movie. Sure. Did you enjoy it? Uh, can you say you enjoyed this movie? It's like eating broccoli. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. What do you mean eating broccoli? It's like, like there's this movie and it has uh, sustenance and it means something. But did I enjoy it? No. Like, I didn't feel good after watching it. You needed it to survive, though. Yeah, it's that... like sometimes you need films that aren't going to make you feel good. And Is it like, the topic? Is it because it's such a heavy, like, sad kind of topic? It's definitely the... It's a heavy topic. There's no... I feel like the conclusion of the movie isn't satisfying in of itself. Mm. You know? Yeah, oh that final scene is weird. It's like... Okay. But I guess we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, it just left me feeling really cold. You oh know? Boy. Like, <laughs> it's not on a, the other side of the spectrum It's here. not a movie that I'm going to enjoy. You know, I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. I'm glad I watched it, and uh -huh. like I learned some shit that I didn't know. Uh -huh. But... You know, it definitely I would enjoy it is rough. Mm -hmm. You understand? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Like, did you enjoy it? Like Kingsman, we all fucking enjoyed that. Yes. It was a romp. Right. Right. right yeah. You but know? nobody, nobody likes watching. I don't know. Genocide. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you enjoy like this and like Schindler's List? It's like. I will say this: my favorite episode of Band of Brothers is the concentration camp one. Yeah, but do you have a hearty laugh at it? <laughs> I didn't go there for a hearty laugh. Ant's just a guy who loves his vegetables. You know, he's like, give me a plate and pile with he all loves, that broccoli. And broccoli. I'm like, give me a fat, greasy cheeseburger. Mm. Ant likes yeah. broccoli and a little bit sprinkled with genocide. <laughs> Brian, you're a popcorn summer kind of guy. It's oh, popcorn yeah. summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed, like, every moment of this. I, I, I... That's because it's so bleak. <laughs> Not so much that it's bleak, but just the... There's good acting. Just good the creation writing. of it, I guess, was... There's nothing bad about it. There's one There's one scene that I thought was kind of awkward. He's telling the, the main guy, I forget his name, he was in Wind Talkers. Which guy? Sitting Bull? The, no, no, the younger Indian guy who Eastman? becomes a doctor. Mr. Eastman, yeah. Oh, Mr. Eastman. <laughs> Mr. Eastwood. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, he loves you, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> Never takes to strangers. But he's talking to Anna Paquin about telling Wolverine. Her the, he's telling her the story about um, how he got his name. You want to yeah. know how I got and this name? It's a little, it's a little uncomfortable because it's, it's silly. like, what are you doing? It's silly. You're just talking to someone. You're screaming at the camera right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> staring off into the distance. Yes, <laughs> but we'll get to that because we we have yeah. a lot to go through here. All right, yeah. So let's. I guess let's start let's the movie. Open, yeah. yeah. So we open with. Genocide. <laughs> we open with the. Uh, they're saying that there is gold inside of the Black Hills. Black Hills, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which are next to the uh, Mushroom Mountains, which I've been to once or twice, but who's counting? Next to the uh, blue and yellow purple hills. Do you know this? What I'm are referencing? You trying to make a Mario reference? No. The no, Switch Palace. I could see where you would think that. So it's a famous Eminem M &M D12 song. song. It was like a hit. Oh. It, uh, yeah, it's it's I, blue and yellow purple. I wish we had a soundboard. Yeah, we, can we get a soundboard? Because I want to play a bomb noise yeah, you when need you do a car crash. Like this. Yeah. It's not my fault you guys don't get the references. <laughs> no, I did get it. <laughs> I hate pop culture for 30 years. I knew exactly So I'm going to ignore yeah, but if you modern made, reference. If you made a reference to like Archie Bunker, I'd be like, right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like podcasting with like my great-grandfather. <laughs> 
He's he's older than me. Brian is older than me. Just so everyone knows that. Yeah. Well, aren't you the youngest here? Yes. <laughs> I think I'm the youngest in spirit, though. Okay. Yeah, I can give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. So there's text in the there's text. There's text in the Black Hills. Oh man. And if you go, you can read them. No, so there is a text saying that there is gold found in the Black Hills. Yes. What can you tell us about this as um, far as background? Yeah, I guess we need to set this up a bit. So the Black Hills, they are a region in South Dakota. They are sacred to the Lakota. Uh, they say that it is where their people originated. However, th it was not Lakota territory until fairly recently. Which they say in the movie. Which they say in the movie, which, which is the scene that I saw and made me want to rewatch this. Because I was like, they're showing kind of two sides to this that you'd rarely see coming out of Hollywood, especially nowadays. They're, 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 it's an honest movie. It obviously has an agenda, this movie, it's a, but it, it's honest, and it shows both sides, and that's what you want, right? So the Lakota... They're in the Black Hills, and they got there recently because about 10 years before the movie begins, they were at war with the Crow, who was their oh, ancestral I thought that they, I thought they were carving um, the presidents into uh, the side of the Black Hills. That happens Hills. later. Okay. In fact, they have the, the crazy horse statue is there now. You yeah. know about that? Yeah, it's there. It's, I know. It's, I think it's the largest sculpture on Earth. Really? Yeah. Like, the, the Indian nations have been funding this statue in the Black Hills of Crazy Horse that's bigger than Mount Rushmore. It's bigger than everything. It's it, He's riding a horse. It's pretty cool looking. Oh, it's not I, finished yet. It's still in the construction. That's cool. I, haven't, I would see that. But, yeah, they were fighting the Crow, and that turned into, it was called Red Cloud's War, and they kind of came out of the Minnesota woodlands, as they say in the movie, and forced the Crow out. And well, you don't want the crow in your crops. They ruin everything. Yes. You got to put up you have uh, to them. You got to put up straw men. <laughs> yes. Or you know, you dip like bread in Alka-Seltzer water and they eat it and explode. <laughs> Does that happen? Yeah, birds it was birds, um, uh, I birds rice. I think no, it's small birds though. I th I thought all birds can't burp. So if they eat like um gas gaseous 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 things gaseous yeah. yeah if they eat gaseous things they like explode in the chest so like I, it might be an urban legend but like i always heard that an urban you, legend that we're going to try to prove yeah. after the show <laughs> if ah. you dip bread in alka-seltzer water you and you throw it and they eat it they explode immediately uh, when they burp <laughs> i would assume you need the chemical reaction first yeah Sure. It should be noted that I hate the killing of animals and I would never do this, but it is like a thing I've heard about. Somebody's a pussy. That's <laughs> not wow, me. How dare you have a heart? <laughs> I would rather do that to a, like I'd rather explode a person than an animal. Oh yeah. Uh, Red Clouds War. The Montana gold fields, right? The way to get to them from civilization is through this thing called the Bozeman Trail. And the Bozeman Trail cuts right through this area. And you got to wear your so, headphones, your Bose headphones. Yes, you mm. must wear Bose headphones. They sounds great there. If you wear Beats by Dre, they throw you the fuck out. Yeah, you're scalped. Get out of this party. You are, you are allowed uh, Raycons by T from TESD, <laughs> though, only if you use the promo code. So the U.S. government gets themselves involved in Red Cloud's War to protect the Bozeman Trail. And all of this ends pretty much with a Lakota victory. And they they have this thing called the Futterman fight, where they beat the uh, it's the biggest loss the U.S. cavalry has in the Indian Wars up until the start of this movie, which of course is the Battle of Little Bighorn. But this forms the Great Sioux Reservation, which is a giant area that the government has set aside and said this is Siouxland, 
is theirs. We're not going to touch it from now until forever. Guys like Sitting Bull. Yes, Brian. So real quick. Yeah. Is that considered kind of like an Indian victory then? Yeah, you said they, they won the war. They, they won the... The, the Futterman fight. Futterman fight. It's a battle. It's a battle. They won that battle. They obviously didn't win the war. They did win the war. Against us? Yeah. We lost the war? It, if you count <laughs> it as a war, it's so small compared to like things like the Civil War. Civil War is happening at the same time. That's true. This is a sideshow to a sideshow. Uh-huh. The government just wants peace. They, want to, they don't want guys getting killed as they cross the plains. You mm-hmm. know? So if they can come to an agreement that says, the Lakota leave everybody alone, this is their territory... We're going to stay out of it. It's yours. They're, they're fine with that. And um, guys like Sitting Bull don't want to sign the treaty, and he doesn't. And there's a lot of guys like him, and they start to rally around him. They don't want to sign it because it would force them to move from where they are. They, they designate these lands, and he, he, where he's at isn't on the lands that they've designated. So he's like, I'm not going. And he continues to be a renegade outside of the designated area they call them the treaty sioux and the non-treaty sioux non-treaty guys are sitting bull and his dudes and they're They're basically in a dmz yeah but the problem with that is is they're actually attacking and killing people it's not on large scale and that's the that's the big problem i have the one big problem i have with this movie is they do not show at all that the indians are actually killing people well that's something that like is really been like scrubbed from pop culture Mm -hmm. basically since the 50s yeah. You know, you never really see, like, because it, it's true, they would attack caravans. Like, right. it's not it's not a work of fiction. No. Like, it's, they're at war. It's two, they're fighting it's for survival. Two, it, yeah, it's two <laughs> warring factions, and yes. they would go after civilians. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Yeah. And, like, you know, like you said, it's something that you wish they showed. It, yeah, it's just, it's just not there. It's implied, I guess, because why else would any of this be happening? But they've been a warring race before they came. Sure. That's what they said. Just a, this has nothing to do with the movie, but a, a side, and a side is, you know, the first time Americans ever came in contact with this particular tribe is Lewis and Clark. And uh, there's a very good story about when they were coming up. I they were coming up from the youth circuit. You know, they trained hard, <laughs> working out. They were, they were up and comers, those Lewis and Clark boys. <laughs> they were coming up, I believe, the Red River. I could be wrong. And they were hearing stories about the Lakota from the other tribes as they got closer and closer to the territory. And all the other tribes telling them, you got to watch out for these guys. They are tough, mm-hmm. and they kill people. And the Lakota, at the time, were in the process of like conquering large swaths of the interior of the country and forcing people taxes, essentially. Like, if you go through their territory, you need to pay them. Um, or they're going to kill you. Or they'll kill you. And when Lewis and Clark got to them... A giant band of warriors surrounded them on the shores, and they of got, Red River. Yeah, they got off the boat and they met with the chief. And there was an incident where uh, one of the Braves tried to take like Lewis's sword, and he had to fucking pull his sword out and be like, "I'm going to kill you." And they, you know, they swing the swivel gun. They had the, this boat with a. It's called a swivel gun. It's like this mini, like cannon. a rail gun, like Rambo. At I, the end of Rambo 4. I think I've it's for buckshots. Isn't that for buckshots? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude, I know, I you, know. You've never seen any of the Rambos? Not one. Not even when he joins the Taliban? Sorry, the that's, Mujahideen. That's the one I saw, like, part of. When they, he's, he, he drags a goat on horseback. That's the one scene I saw. So the first one is really good, and it's just, like, about the way the ways veterans are perceived when they come home from Nam. Mm-hmm. The second one is, like, you know what? 
what if we won Vom, we won Nam, and they send Rambo back to basically win Vietnam alone? He fights the North Vietnamese by himself? Basically, it's fucking awesome. Does he win? He's fucking Rambo. Of course he wins. Rambo always wins. <laughs> After the first one, it's like they just become about like America Put, worship. Putting him into dire and, situations. Like, yeah. America is back and we're kicking ass. He <laughs> kicks the cartel's ass single-handedly. In the new one? Yeah. The new one? Did you see it? Yeah. Isn't it fucking fantastic? Ridiculous. <laughs> it's like... He builds tunnels like he's in Nam and fights the cartel with the tunnels. Mm. Yeah, I've it, never seen such blatant and brutal violence, but loved every second of it. it dude, you gotta watch these yeah. as an aside. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd watch them. It's brutal Americana worship from Stallone in the 80s. What if, like, he Ant just goes to watch the Rambos, and he comes back, and he's like, guys, I got my first tattoo, and it's just an America tattoo. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't even blame him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised in the least, yeah. Alright, so, I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. that's fine. So, um, they have a swivel gun. Yeah, and, well... That's for buckshots, though. The swivel gun, no? No, this is a military one. It's like a rail gun. It's, it's, it's oh, like okay. a can. It's a mini cannon on the boat. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It, sh- it fires the small projectiles that spread out. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. It's yeah. a buckshot. Yeah, yeah, it's like a big shotgun. Yeah, yeah, Anywho, they, yeah, well, they figure that out. Nobody gets killed, but it definitely puts the fear of God in them. And that's the first encounter they have with the, with the Sioux, and there's other ones that come later, but... Not important to this particular story. So, battle Little Bighorn. That's where we're at, right? Uh, yeah, we open up. A bunch of kids are getting massacred and shot. They're just indiscriminately killing women and children. Yes, and they're getting killed by the crow, if you notice that. Mm-hmm. There are other Indians. the scouts, yeah, that have come in and are attacking. Well, not just the scouts, though. Yeah, well, the crow have allied themselves with the United with States. the Union, yeah. Custer's men... We see it because there's, there's this really cool shot where it zooms so out. So cool. And, oh, my God. And there's like thousands of Indians on horseback circling the guys. That was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I did want to ask you a question. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this as we're watching it. Obviously, we know the Americans would, would or even the Europeans, would use one tribe to attack another. Because they've had feuds that have went on for centuries before we've been there. Sure. If they had a united front. Do you think things turn out differently, or do you think it's well, the same wanna, result but bloodier? Do you want to get into the Tecumseh thing? Let's do it. Ah, it's so long. All right, forget but, it then. But yeah, there was a there was a moment where a guy named Tecumseh and his brother tried to unite all of the Indian tribes in in the Americas, and that's what the Battle of Tippecanoe was. You know, that was the defeat of that. They they kind of killed it in in its cradle before it metastasized into something else. But yeah, of course, any kind of united front from the natives, I don't think you would have had a, a bi- bi-coastal country, you know, and it, depending on when it happened, you know, if, if you had, because they kind of did do it by the end, but it was too late. It was too little yeah, too late. Yeah, they're nothing at that but point. But if, let's say they do it in 1605, there is no United States, you know, if they do it in 1780, then the United States is, is on the East Coast, you know? It, yeah. There, there, there's a tipping point, I think, where it's no longer even a fight anymore. So let's say like five years before this, do you think it's, still, it's too late for them already? Yes. Okay. Yes. They're already c- fucked at this point. I think so. Unfortunately, that's, that's the way it went, you know? I mean, that's history, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we see a bunch of brutal fights. Custer is killed. There was a, there was a nice scene in the beginning, too. That I, I had a, a question about, like, were the soldiers just shooting kids on sight like that? 
So was that like like because I I've always wondered about this. I can't imagine. Like it it's seems, hard to imagine. It's so barbaric. Yeah, and like doesn't seem like it's like it even has a point. But they showed something in this movie that they haven't showed, and I actually wrote down, oh, that's why they were shooting the kids. When well, the they, kids fight. When they get know? into the camp, one of the kids is stabbing the scout in the neck. Well, that's, uh, our, you know, the guy Eastman. Yes. He kills a soldier, and he gets his feather. That's how he gets feather, and they're young. So right. you have to imagine that, you know, these soldiers who have been going through this campaign saw this before, and it's like, fuck this, just kill the kids too, because they're going to come after us as well. I think on some level you can imagine what it's like, like almost like Vietnam. Like mm-hmm. you're going into these town, these villages, and anyone could be a hostile you know yeah but beyond that i have heard that a lot of what this was about was um they want to move these guys onto the res. like i said this is sitting bulls guys he's not on the reservation they want him to go on the reservation the best way to do that is to attack the villages so that they move them you know and they move them further and further west so the tactic itself is to attack the Mm -hmm. baggage trains and the civilian population so Mm. I don't think they ever want to just straight up genocide them. I know that's what happens, but I don't know if that's the intention. I think right. I think f- it is for certain. Uh, it like, definitely is an aspect of. I it. think for certain mm-hmm. platoons, there sure. is an element of like sadism, definitely. and I think I think you could look at a guy like Custer when you think about like his previous track record. Mm-hmm. Which we spoke about in one of the last episodes, mm-hmm. I believe. The second scene in the movie is is Grant Custer and uh, the senator. No, it's not. It's uh, no. Sherman. Sherman was, yeah, yeah, not Custer. Grant Sherman and uh, Dawes. The, Dawes. And Sherman is a guy who famously said the only good Indian is a dead Indian. That is his exactly. quote. And that's his you stance. Mm-hmm. So I think you have guys who, like, that is their stance. Right. And it would not surprise me to see someone like that or Custer to just, like, they don't view these as humans, you know? Mm-hmm. It, Sherman is in charge of the entire military at this point. Yeah, he's the so, big honcho. Yeah, it's like, if that's the attitude of the guy in charge, you imagine that that kind of attitude would trickle down to individual units. Exactly. So I could totally see them viewing, like, we're not fighting. Like, they would never do that. Let's say we invaded, like, Canada. Spain or Canada. Like, they would not do that to a white European nation. They wouldn't storm through Toronto. Agreed. And, like, just start executing children. But they don't view these There is a racist as aspect. They don't view them as human. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So they would totally—I totally buy that they would do that. Yeah. I'm sure it happened. How much, we'll never fucking mm-hmm. know. And how much do these guys later in life resent themselves for it? And, and you know, they, they see the error of what they've done. Like Tom yeah. Cruise. Right. Like yeah. Tom Cruise in Last Samurai. Samurai. No, yeah. I met Tom Cruise now. Not today. <laughs> he is a vampire. It was, it was, it's known that, you know, him and Nicole Kidman used to just go to South Dakota and just shoot Sue. No, I, I, uh, Tom I Cruise. Do all, this is a picture of the Sand Creek Massacre. Tom Cruise is there. He was, he was training for a Western, and he's like, I do all my own stunts. And he just pulled out a revolver and shot a bunch Ryan of children. Ryan just gestured with his finger guns. <laughs> I mean, the parallels, like, we even said it when we did that episode mm-hmm. the parallels between the samurai and the native americans are so clear cut yeah that like there's gonna it's just gonna happen as we do this i think we we had a little thing we were talking about as far as like not fighting progress and i said that you would not have the civilization we have today in the united states if the indians were still 
running around hunting mm-hmm. buffalo where people need to be farming and supplying the rest of the country with its food stocks and yeah. it's and just it's just not going to work. They say as much in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? Which is why I kind of like this side more. As you said they touch upon both sides. Mm-hmm. Like that's a side that nobody ever says ever. Right. It's you like know? These people know that what they're doing is sinful and fucked up, but it's it's almost a necessity for the progress of their civilization. It's, and by that, I mean the United States. Yeah, it's for the greater good, which obviously, like, you have to say things from everyone's perspective. Like, if you're talking about Nazi Germany and you're saying, like, they tried to do X, Y, and Z, or, you know, even if you're talking about Russia and Ukraine, if you're talking about it from Russia's perspective— you're not like you can't morally judge them as you're talking about how they view things. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can play armchair quarterback to America from 200 right. years ago. Obviously, we're a little bit biased. We, you know, we, we are don't, American. We, don't wanna, we are American, and we mm-hmm. are fans of the country for the most part. And we tend to try and make excuses. I know we do. I know we try to make mm-hmm. excuses for, um, you know, maybe some wrongdoings here and there in our in our past. But we like to. I think we're we America. Try to, we America try to has be, wrongdoings. I know. We try to be. We try to point them out. I think. And I know we're going to get accused of being fucking, you know, rah rah USA on this at least. Look, we are. We love America. We're USA guys. We 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 can acknowledge when when we did fucked up shit, slavery, moral blight. This is up there with one of the most fucked up things we've done. Yeah, I agree. So. Mm. You know, um, we're, we we definitely have blood on our hands. Like, not us personally. I mean, I, I'm Italian at this point. Who my, do you think my was, people are in Europe? <laughs> who do you think was leading Tom Cruise on that uh, film scout? Me and him. I was like, "There's a nice one, Tom." <laughs> and he would just, you know, shoot them. Finger gun again. Yeah. That this scene with the president. Uh, I just want to talk about Grant a little bit. Mm-hmm. In his early military career, before the Civil War, before even uh, I think it's after the Mexican War. He, you know, was he came back to the U.S. after the war, and they sent him to, I believe, Oregon, which you know was the deep frontier at this point. And in that place, he saw the way Indians were being treated, and he hated it. And he was he felt a real sympathy for them. And one of the only things that he was truly passionate about in his administration, once he became president, was Indian stuff. He wanted he wanted the Indians to get a, a fair shake, but Unfortunately for him, his administration was really known for being corrupt, and he was a kind of a hands-off guy. He let his cabinet run wild and kind of do whatever they wanted. And he, like Indian agents and stuff like that, were definitely doing fucked up shit right under his nose. Whether he knew about it or not is debatable. Isn't he also kind of a celebrity president, too? 100%. Because, like, he's a rock star from, you know, winning the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And he becomes president. And he's like, I basically have to do nothing and just kind of let shit happen. And And I I think a lot of stuff went on in his cabinet that he was not even aware of that was just fucked up corruption. I think his stock is being is kind of rising. The what's his name? It's a historian. Just not just recently, but a few, within the last ten years or so. Oh, the Grant book. Wrote a Grant book. I, I have it. I didn't. Read I have it, it yet. too. I've read parts of it. He, that book is doing a lot to rehabilitate Grant's stature in historians' eyes. Uh, it's it's really like a, a new way of looking at stuff. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm, that's something I'm definitely going to check out. It's next up. I have that, and that same guy, I believe, wrote a Washington book. Yes, he did. And I have both, but I didn't read them yet. So should we get back to the movie? Yeah, yeah. after this scene, we get the first transition. 
I know this Did you because mark I it go, on your paper. What is this weird I, uh, picture <laughs> transition? My first note is Ken Burns transitions. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys watch The West? <laughs> The Ken Burns doc series? I did not. No. I will tell I, it's you. It's one of my favorites. I've seen it like six times. The Ken Burns <laughs> documentaries are just hard for me to watch. Oh, I love them. Uh, they're so dry. <laughs> Again, you're a guy who loves your broccoli. Yeah. You know, I need the story. Like, I'd rather like those shitty historical reenactments they do. You on, like the like, History Channel version of things? I could watch. It's more watchable. You want space aliens? I don't need space aliens, but I need like some eye candy. I can't just look at stills go across the screen. I'll say that if you want to talk about the History Channel for a second, like before it went batshit crazy off the rails and everything was pawn pawn shops and fucking space aliens, the stuff coming out in like the early two thousands was fantastic. Well, they did reenactments then. They were reenactments, yeah. but they were good, and it gave mm -hmm. good information. They were It was all light. Like, everything is... They don't get too deep with anything. But the, I remember a couple of great ones that I always liked was Dark Ages. I've seen that f several times. The Revolution, about the American Revolution. The Revolution one yeah. is so good. Do you yeah. know who's doing Russia that Russia, Land of the Czars. Netflix took that over. Yeah, but they're suck. I can't I watched, watch them. I watched a Samurai one. Oh, yeah? And it was pretty good. I tried to watch the Rome one, and it was pretty I just good. hated it. The Rome I didn't do, because Rome has been done so well... That I feel like you can't do it like that. It has to be a grandeur like movie to really mm -hmm. at this point because look at the the series Rome. There's a there's an actor. He was in Gilmore Girls. My wife watches. <laughs> you watch he, it. You could say it. He was say Mr. Gilmore, Gilmore on Gilmore Girls, and he did all the voiceovers for those for that era of History Channel docs. And <laughs> if you hear his voice, it's a good one. You recognize it? <laughs> yeah. Did you recognize Him and Peter like Coyote? Peter Coyote does all the Ken Burns stuff. And you hear his voice, it's like, I'm watching quality stuff. Is right he a Native now. American? <laughs> no, no. Well, Peter Coyote. I thought. He's in Deadwood. Which guy? He's in. He's the cavalry captain that comes to the town in like one or two episodes. Okay, I think I know who you mean. Mm -hmm. um, so we get the Ken Burns transitions, and then we get the, uh, I put Red Cloud comp. So I'm guessing there's a comparison to Red Cloud with uh, Sitting Bull. Red Cloud is the old man who's in the crowd, and he... He's going blind. We, yes. We watch him sign the treaty yeah. that ends the fighting, essentially. That the Great Fathers... They keep using the term Great Fathers. Well, the Indians refer to the president as the Great Father back in Washington. Uh -huh. They refer to Grant. Yeah. Whoever the president... Like, they said it when... Lewis and Clark introduced themselves to all these Indian tribes out west that had never met the Americans before. They referred to Jefferson as the Great Father, and it, <laughs> he kind of just kept going for all this time. I kind of like that. I like it too. I think we got to bring it back. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe Dawes is there, and he says, "You and your people will perish, like if they don't sign this thing." Yeah, mm -hmm. I, it's it's essentially submitting to a new treaty. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about what's going on. Custer, before he got killed, was doing a survey mission in the Black Hills. He, they were looking for a new place to build a fort. He was there illegally, because by treaty, that is now Sioux land. And while he's there, he finds gold. And his report back to Washington is like a one-sentence thing about the gold. He barely mentions it. But he has five, because Custer is such a narcissist, he has five reporters from like the New York Times with him at all times. So they start writing tons of shit in the press about gold. And it is uh, like a lightning bolt under so many asses back east that the region now becomes flooded with settlers. And it's so much so that the cavalry who want to keep them out can't. 
and that's when you have the Alswergen types who yeah. are now founding towns in the Black Hills region. And this is – it's an impossible situation because now you have tons of American citizens illegally squatting on Indian land, and they have to be protected because any administration that allows the Indians to kill these people is done. You're setting a precedent, too. Right, exactly. So now the cavalry has to do something, and what they decide to do is force these Indians even further off their lands. And Deadwood is not too far from... It's in the Black Hills. It's, yeah, it's it a is, mining right? town. They're yeah. trying to find gold in that region. So where are we? What, what happens next in the movie? Uh, so and the next transition. Is, yeah. <laughs> we needed one right there. Yeah. Right there. We should have had a photo of me I wrote in it. a cowboy hat. I say transition. <laughs> I, I actually wrote, I, I'm starting to kind of like them. <laughs> like who? The transitions. Yeah. <laughs> so then I wrote Nelson Miles equals bear coat. Mm-hmm. What does that bear, mean? Bear code, you bear code? is the <laughs> captain, right? He is, yes. Oh. Bearcoat fucking rules. You like him. I love Bearcoat. I think he's actually like the most realistic captain he that I've ever seen. He is the voice of the people at that time. He's very they uh, have different. This this, I think this is the best scene in the movie mm -hmm. where he sits down with Sitting sit Bull down. and they have an argument. Yeah. And they kind of just lay the crimes of each other on like in each other's face. Mm-hmm. They said that we're, they're both not innocent. Right. They're the same person. It's just their side's winning and this you're losing. This is your story of my people. <laughs> and he says, uh, I'm telling you the truth, not the legend. Right. And I was like, wow, that's that's really powerful because that tribe was actually killing people. Yeah. Like, they weren't innocent. Can we just discuss how pre-battle meetings were a thing? That, that's that's weird to me. Well, where you have like a sit-down? Like, yeah, you come up with the horses, and then mm -hmm. you just speak before you murder each other. They like, still kind so, of so happen weird. in a way. Do they? Like, yeah, it's like, like look at Ukraine. Like, Zelensky has spoke, not to Putin, but he's spoken to, like, you know, Russian ambassadors, like, over Zoom and shit. Yeah, but not in they the don't, same room. They don't ride up face-to-face, -face, but they still talk, you know, before things. They set rules. They have escape routes for civilians. You know, they there is a certain accord afforded in these situations i think war in general became such an impersonal thing probably probably during the civil war but definitely afterward like by world, world war one and stuff that that's so that's such an outlandish thing to happen you know you're you're shooting at each other from from yards and yards away you don't you never see the guy you shot when guys are literally running at each other and they're getting face to face, how do you not go over and talk to them and try and make them understand to go home? We don't want to have this fight, you mm -hmm. know, like a Braveheart. You know? Yeah. I hope you washed your ass. It's about to be kissed by a king. <laughs> <laughs> Even that, it's, it was so, it's so foreign. Like, yeah. like what's preventing that person from just killing you right then and there and just say like, if you just kill the leader when they first come it's like well mm -hmm. the indians are gonna run away now now it, we're good it's also a very small amount of people compared to modern warfare oh yeah. like i don't think this ever would have happened like in napoleonic times which is before this you know because you have giant cores of companies moving around that are ever battlefields are giant regions whereas this there's just a, a couple hill. hundred dudes a hill. involved yeah. in the whole affair you know yeah bighorn little big one's the biggest one and that has i think 4,000 uh, natives, you know, something like that to compare to Custer's, you know, couple hundred. So real quick, this scene we're talking about, mm -hmm. right, where it's them talking and listing each other's crimes, 
some American Indians, when they saw it, they like did previews for um, for the movie, like reservations when it first came out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. many walked out of the theater at this point because they were enraged. They just yeah, they didn't like it. They did not like how they were being portrayed in this scene, mm-hmm. and I think that goes to a little bit of what we were saying, where there is this myth. Yeah, you know and, uh, where they- I, th- I think a lot of modern media wants to portray, you know, pre-Columbian uh, native peoples as just completely peaceful. No one ever got in a fight ever. Everyone lives in harmony. Like they they treat them like they're elves and not human beings. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sells more movie tickets when you have somebody who's been put down and you you want to hear their story and you know it makes sense. But the reality wasn't necessarily a hundred percent that it just wasn't like yeah. these these they've been warring long before we came here they conquered long before we came here they would they would just so happen to be the ones who got conquered this and time. i don't understand why that would reflect poorly on them because that's that's being a human being mm-hmm. that's what you know that's what whites did that's what blacks did that's what asians everyone everyone is like that i mean that's the history of the world is bloodshed right, right. humans conquer <laughs> other humans yeah i think it's because there's definitely when you're the loser in a fight, like right, it's like people don't want to view you harshly because you've lost. You know, it's like they feel bad. Like uh, one America, one hundred percent feels terrible about this whole affair. You know, As, you can in, ge- see in general, it. like you you could see it in the movie. So real quick, I want to talk about. Um, basically, they say that they're gonna fight, right? Mm-hmm. Then we'll have a fight. Yeah. And Sitting Bull's badass so here, by the way. So they're both, they're both. <laughs> Bear Coat and Sitting Bull are two badass dudes, badass dudes meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just so happens that Bear Coat is way better at war than this guy. All right. And if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but let's just imagine you are. Bear Coat is a cavalry captain. That the the Indians call him Bear Coat. That's not his real name. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Nelson Miles. Yeah, but Bear Coat's way cooler. It is. <laughs> And he's a typical cavalry captain, white dude, you know, uh-huh. giant mustache. Yeah. We see someone get a haircut. They get, like, their hair cut off, one of the uh, Native Americans who is joining civilization. I think we skipped some stuff. We st- we skipped all the Eastman stuff. Isn't the East? No, Eastman is a kid. No. I don't think that happened yet. No, yeah. it didn't happen he yet. He didn't get a name yet. It came. Cl- it's close to happening. It's coming. Yeah. They have to go to Canada first, so... No, but he's gone. He left them before they go to Canada. Before this battle, he's gone. Before gunner. this battle, he sends them. Yeah, yeah. the father. So right sends after him the away. little bighorn, yeah. this young kid who we mentioned before killed a cavalry guy and got a feather. Feather is like he got his teardrop uh, tattoo from prison. Mm-hmm. He his father comes back to the tribe and he had been living out east as a Christian, and he wants his son to leave the tribe and join essentially the white man's world and learn their ways because he sees what the what's happening to the Indians is a dead end. He wants him to just go become an American because become that's, Christian. The, that's the future. Yeah. Father's great. You think he's great? Father was perfect. I mean, he's look he's probably looking out for the bench, best interests of his son. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, he's 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 betraying his entire culture though. The only thing that matters is your kid. <sighs> From certain perspectives, yes. From others, I don't know. Mm-hmm. From a certain point of view. Now, was this... I, I don't know if this was... Was that allowed? Like, let's say if I'm part of the Lakota tribe, mm-hmm. and I just like that kid was sent away and wants to become a Christian and join the white world, were you able to do that at any point? I don't see why like, not. Like, were they yes. being forced there? It is... So the situation... Oh, there's definitely pressure. Okay, the, the situation yeah. is slightly different than it is for you know, black people in reconstruction. 
where it's like, you know, they're trying to keep them in like a certain pocket. They desperately want the Native Americans to to become, assimilate. To assimilate. Right. They, that, they, the United States would have loved that nothing. That was what Senator Dawes in the movie was all exactly. about. Mm-hmm. But the United States would have loved nothing more if they were like, hey, we're renouncing all the shit we believe and we we want to be citizens and we're christian citizens the united states would have been thrilled and been like great we now we don't have to fight anymore mm-hmm. this is awesome and that's what the goal of dawes is yeah that's he, what dawes is trying to do you know He's trying to bring them in teach them how to farm and become you know suburban people mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's not like it's not like where you know if you're a black dude in the south even post civil war you're going to have a hard time really fucking living freely in that society not the same way a Native American would, I feel. Mm. This is, but we're talking about at that particular moment. There were other parts in the past where that is not the case. Like you can talk about the Jeffersonian period, where you know you had the Indian Removal Act, which was a major mm-hmm. big thing in, in American history, where you had like the Cherokee, or famously had assimilated. They'd become, you know, Americans. And just because of their blood, they were forced out of the country on and to march across the Midwest into Oklahoma. Is that the Trail of Tears? That is the Trail of Tears. And, you know, okay. with disastrous consequences from that. So, yeah, it, it all depends on what's happening at the time and how they're, mm-hmm. they're, what attitudes are, are prevailing in the country and what people want. Because there's, there's definitely ebbs and flows with that shit. At this particular moment, yes, they want them to they want them to lay down their arms and, and have it be over. So I didn't know the Cherokee had fully assimilated when the Trail of Tears. Oh happened. yeah, it, Jackson, that makes Jackson it, is known for hating Indians. I know, I knew he hated them, but I didn't know they had assimilated. I thought that they were like you know like this. Yeah, they're living in like South Carolina, and just like being ha- American, having like- plantations, and it's like, oh, you're an Indian, get the fuck out. That's what happened. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't realize that. So that's really fucked up. Yeah. And they go to Oklahoma. Okay, so there's a fight. There's a beatdown. Danny Eastman, his father sells him, basically. He doesn't sell him. He puts him no. on a train you know what I mean. and gives him to essentially missionaries to teach him the white man's ways. And He have- gives him the chance at like a better life. Mm-hmm. and At least that's how I saw it. And the kid didn't realize it at this point because he said he didn't want to go. Um, what did you think of the teacher, uh, how she got him to pick a name? Kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant on her. Brilliantly maniacal on she her. She broke him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like um, that Cardassian with uh, the Picard oh, episode. Oh, Gullisette. Yeah, there are four lights. You know, she's like, <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> they did that in America for a long time, including our ancestors. What do you mean? They did that to Irish and Italian people. Oh, you mean like change their names? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Ellis yeah. Island, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I was going to say, I like that scene where the father puts him on the train, and as the train pulls away, he's singing a Christian hymn. And as he gets mm-hmm. he gets out of earshot of the kid, he changes it to a traditional like Lakota song. Mm-hmm. You know, ah, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. No, 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 you did it. That, that sounded pretty we, accurate. I understood it. Yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah, like yeah. he's still like you could tell. You can he's, tell he's remorseful about the whole thing. He's remorseful, but, but he just feels doing, like he has to do he's it. He's doing the right thing. Right. He was put in a position, and he made the best of it, and. Where you, when you see how he turned out, it's like, was the father wrong? Probably not. He, he, it looks like he did the right thing. First son. So the teacher broke him. Some would say she groomed him to uh, believe a certain thing. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely groomed. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy her methods? Did you did you admire her? <laughs> I, lo- 
she is quite psychotic. <laughs> like I, I could never picture being that psychotic to a student where it's like, I'm gonna change your name. I'm gonna fuck with your head. You know, like I like that she knows he knows the four presidents because they they have this moment where she's like, who can name the last four presidents? And then everybody they're in a schoolhouse. Whoever, if someone can do it, then you leave early. All the kids and get to go home. She knows that he knows the answer, and mm -hmm. no one else does. And but she won't call on him unless he chooses a Christian name, and he just won't do it. So how does she get him to? Well, we don't know yet. That's later. That's later. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Later. Right now, it's uh, they went through the battle, and the losers got sent to Canada. Yeah, so the battle happens and uh, the Indians get turned back because they have artillery. The cavalry has artillery. The Canadians have stupid fucking hats. It's the Mounties. The, the it's Mounties, not, It's not yeah. the Mountie hat, though. It's like a white hat. Yeah, it's like a white... They uh, were Mountie police. Yeah, it's just a yeah. horrible it's hat. It's the same hat that you would have seen in Africa because it's the British yeah. Empire. Okay. In, like, the Zulu Wars and stuff. Like, it's a stupid hat. Once again, we go back to Khartoum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that tribe knew how cold it was in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, they were, and they're from <laughs> South Dakota, so you know, yeah. you'd you, think that they're ready for that. The Mounties told them, they're like, you, you're not dressed for this. <laughs> Do you know what province they're in? Are we saying province, province? instead of province? Province. I'm, I'm, that's how the Canadians Provincial? say it. So I'm, I'm honoring. Is that how uh, they say it? Province. How do they say? Do they say Tim Hortons? I don't Hortons? know, but they do say province. Okay. That's that's real. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I don't know. This is it. Alberta? No, it's Saskatchewan. It's Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. Which okay. I believe is in Winnipeg. Yeah, probably close to that. I think it's central Canada. Mm. Uh, so that's where they are. They, it is fucking cold. Yeah. And shitty. The Canadians mm -hmm. welcome them. Mm -hmm. Well, they, but they do, they do give them limits. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can't have them just going nuts. Well, there's another they, tribe They don't want there. them upsetting the local tribe. Yeah, there's another tribe. Um, All they have to do is just not be dicks. Just don't be dicks. But they You'll have be good. to survive. And mm -hmm. that's hard, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And... We're not there yet. What happens, right? Uh, Which we, part? Because well, right now they uh, they had a problem. Someone is caught fleeing, and they shoot his yeah. fucking horse. Yeah. So yeah. the people are not doing good. These are Sitting Bull and his followers are now in Canada, and they they're having a hard time. And there's one guy whose daughter is sick and dying, and they want to go back to their homeland. They want to go back to the reservation because when you're on the reservation. We forgot to mention this. You are promised by the government rations. But you do supplies. eat on time. You eat on time. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're essentially being put on the dole, which is not exactly very American, especially at the time. I have one of my notes. Is this one of the first big government programs? Definitely. It has to be in the history of our country, yes. right? Yes. What, ha ha what what makes everything go bad is when they try to revoke the Second Amendment. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, so the, these people want to go back and give up and go back to the reservation. Sitting Bull can't have this. He doesn't want people to leave or they'll be followed. So he shoots the guy's horse and just condemns his daughter essentially to death because mm -hmm. she she's not going to make it if they can't go back. 
And um, yeah. Oh, I, sh- I should point out, you promise these things on the reservations. A lot of times it doesn't get to you because these Indian agents are so corrupt and they steal shit. Or you get it late or things yeah, you went get it late. bad. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's typical big government, communism, socialism <laughs> shit. Your shit's yep. fucked up. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's another tribe. The Canadian police show back up, or they show up again, rather. It's the crow. It's the crow. And they're like, hey. Uh, Somebody some, jacked our horses. Someone took their horses. <laughs> And one of their conditions was they couldn't break any rules, so they had to leave Canada. Mm-hmm. They stole the horses, and now they're thrown out of Canada. Well, the Sitting Bull tries to make amends for it. He does. He wants the thieves whipped. Yeah, he's like, see how I deal with this. And he whips his own guys mm-hmm. who stole the horses. He didn't know. It wasn't under orders. They did it, you know, just to do it. And they did it to steal horses. Right. And he whips the guys. I, I don't think they're forced to leave. I think he, they come back... After things get so bad, his son leaves. They have this scene where his son actually abandons him and goes back to the reservation. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that the kid is now grown up back in D.C. A lot DC. of time passed. Yeah. We go forward like 20 years, I think. <laughs> the kid is... Uh, Not 20, about 10, 10, 10 yeah, 15 something years. Like that. He's now grown up. He's become a doctor, and he is like the protege of this senator. Dog. I was just a boy then, but now I am a man. See? And he, he's he's <laughs> that's the nightmare. Yeah. nightmare. <laughs> it's always sunny. Uh, he he's checking out Anna Paquin, who uh, was hot back then, is hot now. You and like he, her? She's hot. She's yeah. got a weird mouth. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. a pretty mouth. Uh-huh. Mm. That's so creepy. She was a vampire, right? <laughs> yes, True Blood. Was she she became a vampire. Uh, I the story was really bad. I well, didn't no, it. she was a vampire. She was lover. like a fairy. She's a fairy? She yeah. gets, like, banged out in every episode. Yeah, you see her yeah, tits yeah. a lot. I've never seen that show. That show just is watch just, the sex scenes. You see everything sh- you need to that see. That was a yeah, show yeah. for chicks. Yeah. It is, but the sex scenes with Anna Paquin are good because mm-hmm. it's, it's Anna, Anna Paquin. Paquin. Yeah. Was that on yeah. at the same time as this, or was it a little after? Yeah, I think it was a little after. Like, mm. maybe a couple of years. Definitely after, yeah. Like, maybe... It's between 2008 and 10. It's mm-hmm. in that range. Mm-hmm. But he's given speeches on behalf of this guy, Senator Dawes, on behalf of the Indians... And what they are planning to do is get them to sell large swaths of the reservations that, that's been set aside for them. Now, I'm confused about this, but mm-hmm. and I want to ask you about it in a second. Sure. But I want to talk about Henry Dawes first. Yeah. Do you believe he is a good man, or do you think he's a scumbag trying to fuck the Native Americans? I think he's pretty altruistic. He he's His heart's in the right place. His solution to the Indian issue is not the one that the Indians want. It is his own pet project that he's he believes is the best course of action for them. Well, he's also has America's interest at heart, right? So he's trying to do... He's trying to do his best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Which is impossible. In his, in his opinion. What do you think would have been the best situation for everybody? I am a proponent of... Like, if it was my civilization that was being destroyed, fight until the last fucking man. You know, kill everybody. Okay, but it so wasn't my, it, so was my like, it was my civilization doing the destroying. So you're like, <laughs> so you're like the Native Americans should have just fought till extinction, until until it suited, and they pretty much did. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> what would you do? People should know when they're conquered. Would you? Would I? It's a little gladiator right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> so no, but like, do you think? 
this was this the best possible solution at this time for everybody? What are the other solutions, though, realistically? Mass, it's just complete it's mass genocide, genocide. Right? So, yeah, I think that's or, probably one of the better ones. I, I don't even know if there's another solution. They have the chance to assimilate. They Make just it a complete separate state, not part it's of America, beyond, which would never fly. It's almost beyond the point of genocide because the genocide has already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, these Indian tribes have been on the decline for almost 400 years at this point. From the moment the the plagues started hitting the Americas way back in the 16 and 15, even the 1400, 14, 1500s, it's almost the, the population has been decreased to the point where it's not replaceable. And we're at the very, very, very end of all that at this point. And it's like the genocide has happened. Now, how do you go beyond it? How do you reckon with the aftermath? And... I don't know what the right answer is. I think he was doing his best. I I really do. I don't believe Dawes was a bad man. I think (laughs) he really is trying his best. Yes. And I think we could all agree that he is history's greatest victim in all this because of how he's viewed now. He's he's (laughs) history's greatest victim? (laughs) Not the dead. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that guy Poor Dawes. We we can all agree. (laughs) How is he viewed now? Did you read up on him? Uh, Dawes has kind of a mixed reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so ambiguous, like, with how he uh, is viewed. Like, it's it's complicated. This whole issue is very complicated. And, he like, I don't think, like, the natives, the Native Americans have, like, a good view of From him. From his perspective, he's essentially saying, your culture is dead. You've been conquered. Now become Americans or die. And and the and the or die part isn't we're going to shoot you. It's that your life is going to be unlivable. We're gonna start. You're gonna starve to death. Yeah. Which I are the the now there was something in the movie about this, but are the plains like unfarmable? The plain the area they're in is desolate. It's cold. It's very difficult to grow um, crops. You know, it, you can, but they're, they're you're not gonna get great yields. Uh, the buffalo are extinct. Well, we've mass uh, killed them to starve them. Partially, yes. Buffalo, it's the buffalo craze that happened in the 1870s drove them pretty much to extinction. They're back now through like inbreeding with cattle. That was not the case back then. They're, they, th- there was a huge demand for buffalo stuff like coats and uh, Josh carpets. Allen jerseys, Stefan right. Diggs stuff. <laughs> There's, there's amazing photos that you can look up of just thousands of skulls piled up, buffalo skulls. I saw oh, yeah. I saw a picture of um, basically there was an order to kill like every buffalo, and it's just buffalo corpses stacked mm-hmm. like a pyramid, and there's just an American cavalryman standing on it. Yeah, like one guy can kill a hundred of them in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they would have parties where people would ride the trains through, like when they when they. Build new railroad tracks. You could ride the train through, and people would just be on the train with rifles and just shoot the buffalo as the train goes by, like a drive-by. <laughs> it, it it was really a, that wow. was the real genocide. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, aren't the, didn't the buffalo like didn't they just rise up from the endangered species list? Uh, maybe recently. I believe recently, like they're like starting to come back a little. Yeah. Oh, they've made a giant come because they were gone. There was like two left. Yeah, and they're they're a. Uh, they're a thing now that you can you can go buy a buffalo burger at certain restaurants yeah. now. They're back, 
but it is not the same buffalo that was around back then. It's, it's a like different... a, it's like a hybrid. Okay, that's like you know how, it's close. how much buffalo is in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, th- so this is something that confused me, and I wanted your like uh, like w- to clarify it. So the Sioux have their territory, right? It is the re- it is the it's called the Great Sioux Reservation. It's been reserved for them by the government. It's their land, but the government runs it. We're letting them have it. I understand. Mm-hmm. They but own it. I'm confused about that. They have to sell it to white people. Like, how does this work? He wants to buy large par- portions of the Great Sioux Reservation and open it up to white settlers. So basically, he, they would be pushed. Se- it's, it'd be like you own a you own a house. He wants to buy your front lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, it, he it, wants you to buy your lawn and your backyard, and you just keep the house. And it's just giving them a smaller and smaller area. Right. Exactly. And they're trying to force their hand by like, we'll take this away, we'll take this away. Mm -hmm. We'll cut your rations. Um, So then we are introduced to, I guess, who is kind of the villain of the movie, if there is a villain, Uh, J.K. Simmons. Simmons. And he says, I want pictures Uh, of Sitting Bull. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't like like him. He's full of stick (laughs) He doesn't want Sitting Bull taking pictures. Has he always been 65? <laughs> like he he, just, he just looks the same forever. He forever. Always, he always plays a great asshole, doesn't he? Yeah. He's such a fucking good actor. He's amazing. Yeah. Like have you everything I've, he's in? I've never seen him be bad. Mm-hmm. Like he pops up at something and you're just so happy. Oh, it's J.K. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has, he has a great mustache. He's the Indian agent. He is James McLaughlin or McLaughlin. I think it's McLaughlin. McLaughlin. It's Mac, M C Laughlin. McLaughlin skipped a, a cool scene with them in the teepee, and they catch a mouse and they throw it in soup. Oh yeah, without skinning it. Yeah, mouse or soup. taking the fur off. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. that's just how dire things are in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> but that's why he comes back. That's Sitting that's an important part. Comes back. He comes back. Yeah, and he surrenders. He has to. He has no choice. And you know they say like you can farm here, you could do what you want to do, and he's like, nah. He's like, I, I don't want to farm. That. Why doesn't he want to farm? Isn't I'll tell now, you why. they're nomadic people? They don't set down roots, right? They that don't. was my guess. Generally, they do not farm. The reservation is lazy. making them farm. To it's changing their way of life. They because they they live off the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't do that anymore. So the reservation agents want them to farm. It's part of what's going to assimilate them. And Sitting Bull does not want to do that for for the nationalistic reasons. He also what they don't show in the movie is that since the Battle of Little Bighorn, he has become a massive celebrity mm-hmm. worldwide. And Buffalo Bill Cody has found him, and Annie Oakley and the they Wild West show. They mentioned it in the movie. They mentioned that he went with Cody, yeah. And they have traveled the world. He hasn't just been sitting in this reservation for years. He's gone all over the place. I think they did a show on Staten Island, in fact. where they. I would love to time travel and go to that. Yeah, where they have this big Wild West show, this traveling circus, essentially, where they show all the legendary stuff of the Wild West in an afternoon. That's and they, pretty cool. They travel it across Europe and stuff. It, it's a huge success. He makes a lot of money doing this. And he also, they show this in the movie, that people will come up to him mm-hmm. and they'll pay him money for a photograph. Or an autograph. Or an autograph. Yeah. And they just want to talk to him. It's the first conventions. He should have started conventions. Yeah. He could have made a fortune. <laughs> they show him take the money and then give it to the little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also, um, they kind of portray him as kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's a little bit of a liar, a boaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate to the real man. 
It might be. So that was something that American Indians watching this, they a lot of that. them had a problem with that. And uh, one of the things that people said about this, and we'll talk about this in a future movie we watch as well, is people that are like portrayed as saints or they have such a stature, mm-hmm. when you portray them even a slightly realistic portrayal, mm-hmm. people don't like it. Yeah. And they right. get upset by it. Like, I'd get mm-hmm. mad if George Washington was a dick for no reason in a movie. Exactly. But, you like, <laughs> are we going to pretend like the guy probably wasn't an asshole at some point? Oh, I'm sure he was. You know, it's yeah, like... Yeah. He's human. They're human beings, and when they get put on pedestals, this is kind of what happens. Right. I don't feel like America does that as much, though, but, with, but like, at least too much. We do it, in a sense, Lincoln, to be uh, exact. But we have a couple of holy men. But I don't think Lincoln if, is one of them. Yeah. I don't think Washington. if they portrayed Lincoln in bad light, I don't feel like that we would walk out of a theater because of it. It would no. just be like, oh, whatever. Like, he's human, you know? Whereas this is like a holy kind of thing. Well, not to not to spoil what we're going to talk about later, but 42, uh-huh. Jackie Robinson, there's a national myth about the man. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll okay. talk about that in, in yeah, detail yeah, yeah. later. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Next episode. Next yeah. episode. So yeah, he he's a little bit boastful. He he tells some fibs. He calls himself the greatest living Indian. Uh, Did they refer JK to themselves Simmons. like that though? Did they refer to themselves as Indians? That's his billing yes. name. Like they yes. did. Oh okay. yeah, they wouldn't say I Native sure. Americans. No. Well, they, I, I figured they would say Lakota at least. I didn't. Yeah. Well, when they're talking to each other, they don't say. It, but that's what the white man calls them. So that's, so that's they, what they, they are. Say. Okay. Know? They're not even like they're. Like we've been kind of throwing the names around the Sioux, the Lakota. The Dakota, they're all the same people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different names for them. Okay. It's like the Sioux is French. That's what the French call. I did not know that. I thought the Sioux were different than the Lakota. No. Okay. Uh, I didn't know that. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah. I learned something. It's today. For us to learn. They're like different sects from the same larger <laughs> people. Different it'd be like it'd be yeah. like we're Americans, but I'm a New Yorker and you're a Floridian or whatever. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like if I said Algonquin. Yeah. You know, that's the, upstate New York. That's right? the people that lived around this area. The Lenape are part of the larger Algonquin family of like languages. Okay. You know, mm. the Lenape live right here where we're standing. Hey, <laughs> watch your step. <laughs> it's a very small room. <laughs> when the Lenape are just there's literally around. thousands of people in this room right now. <laughs> they all have to be really quiet. Yeah. We, we record this in the black hole of Calcutta. <laughs> Every time someone speaks up, Brian shoots him in the face. <laughs> I have Tom Cruise on standby. <laughs> They show, like, life on the reserve, and it's clearly brutal. Clearly brutal. And they have taken their balls away. Like, they want to hunt for red meat. And That's yeah. not one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. That's one yeah. of my favorite scenes. They let us hunt here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his Sitting Bull's son is all excited because his dad came home. And he's like, look, they let us hunt here. And he takes a gun, and somebody rings a bell, and a cow <laughs> comes out of a barn and goes into like this pen, and then his son just making a fool of himself starts whooping, as he <laughs> as he goes in and he shoots this cow. And Sitting Bull makes his face like he just watched his son make out with a dude. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he, it's so it's so pathetic. He's so disgusted is, yeah. by the whole thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of a uh, lot of kids dying. They show a lot of kids yeah. dying there. Yeah. And was the reservation gets hit with several. Uh, Pretty bad Outbreaks, diseases. diseases yeah. Yeah. Now, was it like rare for that to happen on the planes because they were spread no. out or just isolated? I no. feel like it was 
constant. Like they, they had to be constant death there, right? No, uh, there's, and it's not just there. It's like pick a homestead. <laughs> Everyone's dying. You know, it's it's not exclusive to these Indians. Right. Like right. the pioneer life is a hard fucking life. Mm-hmm. You know. Pick a homestead anywhere out there. Boy, there's a reason why Wyoming. in the or- there's a reason why in the Oregon Trail you almost never make it. You die of dysentery every time you almost play. Almost true. Yeah. They knew it was up. You know, I had a class in like the fifth grade, where the only way you passed the it was a computer class. The only way you passed class is if you can complete Oregon Trail without anyone dying. You had a sadistic teacher. I, <laughs> I had a class like that in the fourth grade, but you didn't have to pass. You just had to play Oregon Trail, and we yeah. play it all the time. And as an aside, one time we had to write a uh, a story about like our adventures on Oregon Trail for like our English class that followed. Mm-hmm. And I was into like pirates and like old English <laughs> stuff at the time. And I wrote the paper like I was um, ye olden Brian. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I, I was with my mates and like all this. And I got up and I read it in front of the classroom. And, and because like, I said because you? I said mates, everyone laughed at you me. You actually said mates. Yeah, like me and my mates. <laughs> and like, me mates. Me mateys. I didn't, I didn't say me mateys. Drink but up, I was me like, hearties, I was like, yo ho. I was like, you had to say what you and your like friends, because it was like you and like two other people in the in your class, you shared a computer, mm-hmm. and you had to say what you did that day. And I was like, you know, we did this, this, and this, me and my mates, and blah, blah, blah. And the whole class laughed at me, and I felt really embarrassed. <laughs> Brian his whole life just wanted to be in the Caribbean. That's all he wanted to do. <laughs> Another thing that's in the movie that uh, relates to my life is the outbreak of whooping cough. How does it relate yeah, to how's life? that? Okay. You so, have whooping cough right now? What did you want us to say? <laughs> Should we stay away from you? I thought we, <laughs> I'm contagious. <laughs> no, so... Aunt dies of COVID in two weeks. So when I was in third grade, I would... I learned a way to fake myself having whooping cough, and I would throw myself into coughing fits in the classroom every day um, (laughs) when I was in third grade. And I would get pulled out of class because the teacher couldn't have me in the room. And I'd be like, huh, huh, like just, you'd fake cough to get out knew, of class. They knew they you knew were you faking, faking you're it. You're a third it grader. Was, it was probably. But How I'm convincing. Brian's like, I'm a, I'm a world-class actor. I, I've <laughs> the trained teacher Juilliard. Says, this little shit is coughing again. Uh, go away, He's, Brian. Just go to the nurse. You're just get embarrassing. Out. I, I will tell you, I do, I do think it was believable because like, I, it was such a deep. Because like, he still does it today in class. No, I can't do it anymore. Do it. I know. Lo- I, I seriously, I've tried. I've lost the ability. It was uh, like, it was like, it sounded almost like a goose. Like oh, it was like, like, uh, like when you have bronchitis, uh, kind of. Yeah, thing. like yeah. that's that's. <laughs> but it was so loud and disruptive. I'd be asked to leave the class, and I would time myself as I walked to like further away. It, I would make it softer and softer, and when I rounded the corner, like when Chip Douglas walked away from the door in Cable Guy. Exactly. And Bye. once. And once I turned the corner, I would stop coughing, and I went, and we would go to the nurse, and like I'd, I'd start coughing again, and I'd get pulled out of school, and my father would take me home, and I did this like at least like two or three times a week in third grade. And your father put up with this? They thought I was sick, like they were bringing me to medical doctors and shit. Yeah, they they put me on a, I I had been off a nebulizer. They put me back on, like they couldn't figure out what was wrong with he me. He only gets sick at school. <laughs> This is how Brian gets out of meetings nowadays. <laughs> Starts violently yeah. coughing. I just vomit. 
Okay, so uh, there's disease, there's famine, there's all this stuff. And now the the Eastman the natives the start camp. meeting. They start meeting up. Hold on, I, uh, Eastman comes to the camp and becomes the camp doctor. Oh yes, and uh, and the what's her name? Anna Paquin's there too. Uh, her name is Elaine Goodall. Yes, these, these are all real people, Goodall. by the way. They are. Yeah, yeah. this is a real story. He's in the he's in the reservation, and this whole thing with they're trying to buy the land is happening. Meanwhile, there's disease outbreak. It's just a bad situation for everybody. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we can get to the ghost dance. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was. Uh, this was before the ghost dance. Oh, they start meeting up, and this guy is telling them a story how the white men is going to be defeated. That's and the ghost dance. It, they weren't dancing yet. But he—that's a guy. His name is Wovokin. Uh huh. He's—he invented the ghost dance. He's a, like a holy man that's come out of the West. Oh, okay. And he's created this thing called the ghost dance cult, where mm-hmm. he's. Gonna he's teaching all these Indians a new dance he's invented because you know they have like ritual dances like the sun dance and the rain, rain dance, dance and all this yeah. stuff. He's invented the ghost dance and what it's supposed to do is pretty much revert everything that has happened in the last hundred years. The buffalo are going to return. All um, the white men are gonna die. The white men mm-hmm. are gonna die. If the, he gives out shirts to people, he makes ghost shirts. I'm serious. You're looking really? at him crazy. Yeah, he makes ghost shirts, and he tells him if you wear these, bullets can't penetrate them. Yes, he was saying that. He was saying that in yeah. the movie. And, and, but he was uh, doing like sign language almost. That wasn't him. That was another guy, the guy who says that. But yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. He, he's referring to the ghost shirt. Okay. Um, and like it's it's not like you know you, they're wearing a sheet. It's it's like um, they call it medicine. It's like all kinds of. Uh, m- Spiritual items, okay. like feathers mm-hmm. and things like that. How how'd that oh. work out for them not getting shot? <laughs> Boy, was he wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about a what a snake oil salesman? There's still people today that follow the the ghost dance and shit. Yeah. There oh, are. really? Yeah. Um, still not working, huh? That part of it, I think, kind of <laughs> worked. Out. Yeah, it's just a tradition, cultural uh, tradition. And it's the guy who played Magua in Last of the Mohicans, and he's mm-hmm. in he's in every western in like the '90s. He's the token Native American. Yeah, he's so, he's so great. I love him in everything. I I always forget his name. He um, is a good actor. He's 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 in Dances with Wolves. So the white people had their own version of the ghost dance. What is it? They would um, get together and they would put their hands on clay pots, and Unchained Melody would play. And they wouldn't dance as much as they would just mold. Uh, oh <laughs> they would mold pottery. <laughs> And that was the white people's version of um, uh-huh. ghost dancing. The, the prophet For Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> we put it. We put that on shirts now. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Wheat. If you do this dance, coffee will be cheaper in Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> the rock music will come back to the radio. <laughs> People will like Joni Loves Chachi. I couldn't think of Scott Bayo's name until just now. <laughs> I was like, is his name Scott Bayo? <laughs> so um Then there's Sitting Bull Slander. Uh, yes. Yeah. So J.K. Simmons is making uh, Sitting Bull's brother talk shit about him and say that he didn't fight at the Little Bighorn and shit. 
Calling him a he's, coward. He's got to drop the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. He's misbehaving. He's got to yeah, drop it. J.K. Simmons is all about slandering heroes in uh, <laughs> the press, right? He's all about it. He, he came oh, for Spider. He came for Spider Man. Now he's after Sitting Bull. How did he make it through both versions of Spider Man? Honestly, the real reason is because in the last 20 years, he is probably the most perfectly cast actor for any role ever. As that character? Yeah. Mm. Like, th- there's literally nobody else I could think of that could Head erase that from yeah. from your mind. Mm-hmm. You know? He's that perfect. He looks like the cartoon character. He's Exactly. <laughs> and he acts like exactly how you read him. Mm-hmm. You know, loud and boisterous. It yeah. is perfect. Like... Mm. They should like he should be forced to play him until he dies, and when he I dies, think he has been. It should yeah. be it should be like a CGI image of him. <laughs> like his likeness should be forced to do that for all time because he is. You serious? <laughs> like like you know how um did you know that uh what's his face James Earl Jones has recorded hours of dialogue for Disney that is unused, and he will be voicing Darth Vader after he dies. That's creepy. Like he's read like th- every word. Disney in- is so weird. He's read like every <sighs> word in the English language, and like That's when amazing. he dies, Ball. They're, they're just gonna plug chrysanthemum. <laughs> so he's just skipping letters. Like he just does it randomly. I hope when they cut it together, it's not like clean and crisp. It's like Return it's of be, Chef. It's gonna be like the Return of Chef at South Park. <laughs> I want to make. I want to make love to, to your rectum, rectum. Kyle. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hello there, children. <laughs> <laughs> so now, if let's assume they weren't dancing all the time, the Indians. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could have made the reservation better, or was it just a lost cause? I think in time they probably could have, and they did. Well, yeah. well here's, here's the thing with the ghost dance. Like, they are preaching death to the white man, mm-hmm. and people hear this, and it scares people because yeah. what the movie fails to really show you is that there is a real threat posed by these people. Until 10 minutes ago, they were a warrior people that were killing people mm-hmm. you know and th- if they decide to go off the reservation quite literally they could fuck shit up and hurt people yeah. and it is not outrageous to think maybe we should do something about this and so of course guys like jk simmons and the other indian agents call in the military to observe what happened and the indian agents should we say what they are they're basically the wardens for this giant prison yeah yeah, yeah. Because it's a giant living prison. But they offer them they're money suppo- for land now, right? right? They're supposed to do... They're like the conduit of the government to these people. Because mm-hmm. these people are now essentially under the care of the government. Mm-hmm. Which is just open for corruption. So right. Dawes yeah. offers them... They have a $12 million offer. Mm-hmm. Or paddle balls. At $125... Blazing <laughs> Saddles. That's a racist joke from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> A they box, love toys. A box of these. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm thinking of the scene. I hope, I hope the Sioux aren't listening to this show. <laughs> um, so, they, so the Sioux are offered... $12 million. Uh, $12 million, mm-hmm. which is $125 an acre. Oh, you looked it up? It, it, they say it. Oh. They say $12 million for a total of mm-hmm. $1.25 an acre. And the offer has went up because when they first start in the movie, it's a dollar, I mm-hmm. believe. 
50 cents. I think it was 50, 50 cents. It was 50 cents. Okay. So it's gone up a lot. Yeah. So now in the translation. It's like the current home rates. <laughs> the translation of that, let's say you had like 10 acres or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's like $2,000 for your 10 acres or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the exact amounts. You can look it up. So it's but not it's, a great deal. It's not then. a great deal of money today. But if you had a lot of land, you're making like ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. It's enough to assimilate into an area and like get a house. This you know is a mean? point um, we should point out in American history where land for the first time is starting to become scarce. Mm-hmm. Because you had uh, very recently the Homestead Act, which was we will the government will give anyone land if they go live on it and work it for five years, it becomes yours for free. They just wanted people to settle these territories. And now they're actually paying for it. This is a new thing. Uh, the railroads just recently gained tons of land by just building rails on it, and the government paid for it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, this is a weird thing, at least at the time. Yeah. But if you're if you're living in a reservation, right, and it's like uh, you have X amount of acres somewhere like that, they're they're gonna give you, or they'll buy it from you. Like, uh, what are you gonna do? Say no, because eventually they're just gonna take it. At least that's what he's telling you. So, yeah. So, so twelve million dollars in eighteen seventy eight is worth three hundred and forty five million dollars today. Oh, that's nothing. That's for, nothing for all that for land. land. For all that's nothing. Land. But yeah. it's split between how many people. That's well, why. it's for the tribe, right? Yeah, so, right. but the tribe is, you know, what I assume a few thousands. thousands yeah, yeah. Tens so you have to figure thousands. you're probably getting, you know, you're getting a decent amount, but nothing to brag about. Mm. Especially because it's land. That's I mean, how not much? Really good. How much do you think that land is worth today? Billions. Oh, billions! Yeah, you know, oh, an insane amount. <laughs> Go to the government. So we're interested in purchasing South I Dakota. Think they said, uh, we want to buy half of South Dakota. I think they said in the credits of this movie. That they're trying to get three billion dollars well, for well, it. Well, we'll talk at the end real right? quick about that. Uh, um, well, I did, the, yeah, okay. the government has made an offer. I did pick yeah, up yeah. on something that Dawes does, which I'm not sure you guys did, hmm. and it's a very subtle racist thing people do. Have you ever noticed when you're talking to someone with an accent or from another culture, sometimes you imitate even subconsciously their way of talking? I don't. I make a point not to do that because i think it's the most embarrassing thing a person can but do. you know you know it happens oh, i've seen people do it i know a good friend of ours that does it a lot and i i make fun of him for it i'm not gonna say Ma- mouth it i'm not gonna say you're not gonna no beaver knows what it is, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know we just look at you <laughs> no i don't think you you don't do this no, no it's not you no, no. okay so, <laughs> wait, but he starts doing like that Native American inflection to yes. them, and it's so like cringy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you see it all the time, and it's just a little subtle thing I noticed in the movie. He's that, talking to them like they're children. It's very insulting. He is, but it's also because you know how I don't want to do an impression and get canceled, but you know how they have almost I've been like doing it the whole show. It's, <laughs> but it's that almost stu- like step uh, broken way of talking where they kind of have like more pauses, like little bear goes yes. to the forest. So try to Wampum. make you understand. Yeah, yeah. like and I, I, I don't want to mock them, but that's just their inflection. Yeah. and he does that to them, and you see him in other scenes, and he's not doing it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's clear what he's doing. Right, and that's, it, that's, that's a great, brilliant on the actor. That's a great yeah. subtle little performance yeah. part. Mm-hmm. You brilliant, know? brilliant on the actor. Whether it's the direction or him, that was good. Um, then there's this uh, signing scene where they're like, "You're gonna cut our balls off." Yes, 
Sitting Bull gets up uh, and makes a speech about how they can't sign this thing. And to do so would be like consigning themselves to eradication. There's just be nothing left of them. They would their culture would be completely destroyed. Well, their rations are slowly being cut up, too. Mm -hmm. So they see the writing on the wall. Yeah. So, as we said, the ghost dance is happening, and more and more people are getting involved with it and participating. Mm -hmm. And this is scaring the whites, and the whites call in the military. And once the military's there... Gotta shut down the club. It's kind of like... It's inevitable at that point that some incident is going to happen. Please, uh, it's slipping my mind right now. Why do they want to arrest Sitting Bull? He is starting to back the... um, He's starting to back the Ghost Dance movement, and they don't want him to join and rally everyone. Mm -hmm. So they want to preemptively arrest him. Take him him in. Yes. They want to get him... They want to nip it in the bud. They want to, like, put him someplace safe. He's disturbing the peace. Exactly. He's disturbing the peace. Well, he he isn't, but he could. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's the type of guy where, especially in this movie, the way he's portrayed, you mm. could see it. Well, mm. I mean, you, you say he's not, but he stopped the signing. Yes. He's the reason why the signing never happened, right. which is actually going to cause more turmoil anyway. Mm-hmm. So technically, he kind of is disturbing it. Because so if he wasn't there, that thing was signed. Yeah. So. And Red Cloud even says it, that if Sitting Bull uh-huh. had voiced his opinion, you know, 20 he years earlier, before. he wouldn't have done it. Yep. So they send the police to Sitting Bull's house. And they struggle ensues. They kill him. Mm-hmm. I believe they kill his son. Mm-hmm. And that death is very accurate to how it happened in real life. Yeah, almost, it's great. Almost exactly mm-hmm. to like what you really? read about. Yeah, yeah. That is how he died. Mm-hmm. Just that, a stray bullet, just boom. Basically, yeah. Shot yeah. from the side, exactly mm-hmm. like that. Wow. And he's out for the count. This enrages a lot of people, but the movie makes it seem like wounded knee happens immediately. That is not the case. It's actually uh, like two weeks later. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, they they confiscate the guns it. after. This starts right. the so the, the the army wants to stop the ghost dance from happening. Ghost dance is happening, so they start rounding up people that are doing it. They want to disarm them. They want to take their guns. Never give up your guns. Now there is. A lot of uh, discrepancy and conflicting accounts of how this exactly went down. Nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, I tend to believe. I, I tend to think that the movie got it right. Uh, there is a deaf guy, and he does not understand is what is happening. This is real. This, yeah. is that, this is how it went down. Yeah, they were right. Um, he does not want to give up his gun. Someone pulls it from him. Gun goes off. Yep. Shoots a soldier. Boom. And now it's a battle. Chaos goes. Yeah. Um, the I read in when I was doing a little bit of research on this that two hundred Indians are killed and twenty five police officers. Something like that. Twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Um it is a massacre. It is the final massacre, and a lot of people will point to this as kinda like the exclamation point at the end of the frontier period of American history. Like this is the moment the frontier is over, the West is closed. We are now in the new modern American age once mm-hmm. once this this moment happens. No, yeah, actually, I mean, uh, there's no more Native Americans, really, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the end. Yeah. It's 1891. Yeah. Sorry for killing you. Here's a casino. Well, <laughs> all that. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's kind the, of... That's the postscript. Yeah. You know, the, the government 
has come to its senses to some extent as far as the Indian issue. They want to make amends somehow. And how do you do? They do it mafia style, mm -hmm. like governments do. It's like, well, we killed a lot of you. Here's some money. How yep. much? How yep. much is it worth? Uh, yeah. And the Lakota don't want to take it. You know, they that offer's been on the table for 25, 30 years, something like that. Maybe more. It's been since the 80s. They still won't take it. Yeah. There's the casino thing. Uh, a lot of these tribes own casinos, and, like, the profits from the casino get mailed to individual members of the tribe, like, every couple of months or so. <laughs> I know I've heard someone talk who has um, Indian, three Indian children. They're, his wife is an Indian who— um, his kids are millionaires, you know, <laughs> just from money Jeez. that's come in from the casinos. They never that's have to wild. pay taxes either. No, yeah. they don't. That's wild. It's, it's... Now, I actually have a... I want to kind of go back because I, so I thought came up. Mm -hmm. When they show the scene of um, the situation where Sitting Bull got killed, right? It showed that the police officers killed them, but the police officers were just old tribe members, uh, in some cases, yeah. In a, they the, the reservation has its own police force, right? You know, but it's are, all just people who are part of yeah, his it's tribe. Who live there, you know. Yeah. And I think one of the guy who kills his kid, they show it's it's a Native American killing the kid. Yeah, I don't know if that's what happened, but I was kind of shocked to see it. I'm not sure either. I don't know if it was a white guy or an Indian. That's, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Brian, did you look at anything, anything about, about what the actual person who shot Sitting Bull? It was a uh, it was a Native American. It I was believe. wow. That's yeah. okay. They they weren't. He's really not necessarily in. a Lakota. No, no, no of um, course not. But so Bullhead took Sitting Bull outside. Bullhead ordered Sitting Bell to mount a horse. The Indian Affair agent said no. Uh, Sitting Bell refused to comply. The police used force on the Sioux were enraged. Catch the bear, a Lakota, took out his rifle and shot Bullhead who reacted by firing his revolver into the chest of Sitting Bull. Then there was another police officer, Red wow. Tomahawk, who then shot Sitting Bull in the head, dropping Sitting Bull to the ground, and he died after that. So the, the, his own people... Will usually do. His own people were just like, no. <laughs> yep. Wow. Def so they got that right. Uh, that's actually pretty surprising. The movie, I, I, I honestly, I think it's a very honest movie. Uh -huh. It's, um... I... It's like a, a snapshot of a, of a period, of a time, yeah. you know? Uh, and then they show him now the main character, well, one of the main characters. He, is, he describes himself as a witness to the whole thing. He will patch up the dead, the wounded from Wounded Knee, mm -hmm. um, and he kind of has all these regrets about the life he has lived. He thinks he's betrayed himself and his people. He, he, he has this regret about not jumping off the train as a kid. Yeah, he is back. torn. Oh, we didn't talk about how he got his name. I think we oh, skipped yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, she insulted the his teacher. heritage. The teacher gave the chief of his village the wrong name on purpose. Yeah, mm -hmm. insulting him and, like, their culture. Mm -hmm. And was like, if anybody wants to correct me, they need a name. And he just picks a name, and just he was mentally broken. Yeah. She got him. Now, uh, the last scene, though, kind of... He, he's filled with these regrets. And this is, this is true, because it came from him directly, right? <clears throat> like the real person, you assume so. Like, well, well, it's based on a book. Him and no, he didn't write the book. I know a lot of this comes from okay. um, Black Elk speaks. Uh, Black Elk was a tribes guy who wrote about all of this. He was there. Okay, there's there's also a book uh, that's bury my heart at wounded knee. Mm -hmm. I forget who wrote it, but the guy East. I keep wanting to say Eastwood. 
It just feels Mr. Like, Ashwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, East, Eastman. Clint. Uh, Eastman, obviously, you know, he toured and was an advocate the rest of his life for, you know, Native American rights. Mm -hmm. uh, Anna Paquin, his wife, was a poet. She's a published mm -hmm. uh, author. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it seems like if he jumped off the train, there's a good chance he would have just died young. He would have been among them. Or what? He he or he, he was going to die at Wounded Knee. In, instead of being a doctor, uh, you know, kind of. Dawes at one point tells him, you're as Indian as I am. Yes. And he, uh, he, I think he'd agree with that statement. You know, seems like he did. Yeah. He, he's an out. He sees himself as an outsider. Well, it's a funny thing about concept of like race or religion or belief. Like, what makes you that person? Is it just your blood? Is it your belief? You know, mm -hmm. like culture is weird. Yeah. It's like what? Ma like, are you just a Native American because of how you're born, or are you a Native American because of? how you act in a certain culture, you know? And it, it's an interesting sure. concept yeah. to think about. One thing about this movie, uh, the Coolidge administration studied the effects of the Dawes Act 1920s, in yeah. 1928, and they discovered that the Dawes Act had been used illegally to deprive Native Americans of their land rights. Yes. Yep. Which That's when they came up with um, the offer. That's been on the table, right? And it has not been accepted, which mm -hmm. I guess just gains interest. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. smart because, you know, every time they make an offer with us, they get fucked, so. Yeah, well, why would you trust? Do you guys know about um, the 1973 thing? Billy Jack? <laughs> no, not Billy Jack. <laughs> In 1973. I'm going to take this foot. Uh, I'm going to kick you on that side of your face. <laughs> <laughs> in 1973 I guess you could call them a terrorist group um, this was like radical hippie uh, Indian guys they I think they're called like the Indian movement I should have looked this up before I started talking but I, I'm doing this off memory they took control of the town of Wounded Knee and held the entire town hostage for 73 days or something like that oh shit yeah and they demanded all kinds of like concessions this was around the time i think marlon brando brought the indian girl out for the godfather okay. at the oscars so yeah this was like a big thing back that then. was really in pop culture at that time you know yeah i think it was because of these guys and you have the crying native american with the trash. oh yeah 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 i don't know if that has anything but to i'm do saying it. it's kind of in the zeitgeist mm -hmm. you know uh so that does it for this movie uh what were your thoughts steven i liked it I, I personally I liked it, but as movies go, we can't just go by you know one little thing that I liked. So I gave it a six out of ten. Okay. I think that it's watchable. It's enjoyable. It's got a lot of good history. It's got a lot of accurate history. But there's little things here and there that I'm that make me angry, and that's just like first off the transition is just <laughs> it's so that, insane. It's not that big a deal. It it's not. <laughs> but at, when it comes to movie making, it is. It's weird. I suppose, you know? it is weird. You, I've never seen that in another movie. It's a weird yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked it. I did. I like this movie a lot. I'm giving it... It's it's not a fun movie. Yeah. But it is... Hist I think it's well done and it's historically accurate. Probably the most historically accurate movie we've watched. It's up there. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah, it might be. For that alone, I'm going to give it a 7, 8. Okay. Mm-hmm. 7.5. Yeah. You can say 7.5. All right. I, I give it a five. Totally oh. fine movie. It's definitely informative. 
it's worth watching once. I wouldn't watch it again. As far as broccoli goes, it's probably like the best broccoli you can get. You know, <laughs> Brian. Um, Brian's only gonna rate in vegetables. For a little while ago, passed his his notebook that he writes all his notes in over to me. Mm-hmm. And the I picture. guess I guess he wants me to talk about his doodle for this film. Cause Brian, what does it look Brian like to you? Doodles for every movie. So what does me, it look like? Let me take a peek. I never at this. look at them. Let me take a peek at this. <laughs> okay, we have <laughs> what appears to be the worst drawn <laughs> caricature. Like this is offensive. It's a, it's an Indian. Is it offensive? He's wearing war paint. He, I think those are supposed to be feathers, but they look like penises coming out of his head. <laughs> They're and feathers. He's yes. holding a square. I assume that's a hatchet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have no artistic ability. God, I can't he, wait to post His these. war paint, though, is like cat whiskers. You know, it looks like a cat Oh, he didn't color whiskers. it in. He just did lines? Yeah, he just drew lines on, <laughs> on the face. And the guy's kind of like going, whoa. <laughs> he is not doing that. <laughs> So I will tell you, this started out with me trying to draw the Redskins logo. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have the capabilities for this. When when do you draw? Is it while you're watching the movie? Uh, usually it's Is like... It before you watch It's the usually movie? the opening credits or the end credits. You do it before you even see it. Well, I know what the movie's about in many cases, mm. you know? It's like a movie like this that you haven't seen, you do it at the end. This one, I did at the end, yeah. Mm. But like a, like a gladiator, you'll do it before. Yeah, yeah, and this one is hard because it's like Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee takes up like the whole title area. <laughs> you know, so he had to be really small. <laughs> All right. I guess that does it for this yeah. episode. And the, Another one in the books, boys. I believe the next one we're doing is 42? 42? 42. 42. Yep. All right. Let's no. Let's do our credits. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, do, you, do your thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do, well, do you want to say goodbye and then I'll. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. So, uh, once again, I'd like to give a big thank you to uh, Tell Him Steve Dave, Walt Flanagan, Gam Steve Dave, for letting us record down in beautiful Hazlitt, New Jersey at Tell Him Steve Dave Town Studios, TESD Studios. Come on down, visit them, buy some merch, say hi to Get Him, say hi to Walt. Really cool, awesome place. Definitely recommend checking it out. Follow the podcast on all of our social media. That is all up and running. We have a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Follow us there. Uh, you could send us an email at reviewinghistorypod at gmail.com. Uh, like the show on iTunes. Please give us a five-star rating. It helps uh, advertisers find us. You know, all stuff like that. It all just helps the show. Uh, follow me personally on Letterboxd. I believe Steve and Anthony have Letterboxd accounts as well, where we rank the movies that we watch, and you could see their ratings, see what we thought of them. I personally review every single movie that I watch on my Letterboxd, at Brian Rupert. Uh, you could see what I thought of movies like Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness or The Batman, things like that. Uh, movies check that, that are out. months old. Yes, but, you know, you could, you, they're blockbusters, you know? Or Avatar 2, which probably isn't out yet, but you know what I mean. If the uh, world hasn't descended into nuclear ash by the time you hear this. Yeah. <laughs> the last vestiges of civilization are this podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Brian Rupert, and we'd like to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.